Hi everyone, welcome to the first episode of Mompreneur Space live show. I'm Kenneth Chu, the host and also the author of Mother Industrialist, Perfecting the Balance Between Motherhood and Business Success. I'm running a digital marketing agency and also uh, it's called KC Creative Marketing. And recently, um, I've rebranded Mother Industrialist live show to call Mompreneur Space live show, where I hope to give more value to my viewers. Of course, I'll still be bringing in successful mompreneurs um, on the on a weekly basis for them to share insights of to all the mompreneurs the mothers or aspiring mompreneurs for them to learn and be inspired i've also included a new segment of the show which is the q and a session where we will be answering pre-submitted questions live so for those who are tuning in you can also post your question in the comment section and uh, we will answer them um, towards the end of the show so without further ado let's get the show started and in this episode we are going to talk about why entrepreneurship is critical to future-proof your children and I have this really awesome guest I've connected with her in February I went all the way up to Kuala Lumpur to meet her personally and check out um, the school that she has created she has created this uh, founded this malicious first entrepreneur school and that got me so intrigued that made me travel all the way up um, to visit the school and uh, she and her colleagues uh, brought us around give us a school tour and I was really really amazed and for her she's a transformational educator she's an accidental entrepreneur she's also the founder and group CEO of Ace Adventure Group and without further ado let us welcome Anne. Yeah, hello everybody. Thank you so much, Kenneth, for having me on your show. You are welcome, Anne. So without um before we kickstart officially kickstart with the show, that's a tradition where every guest gets to post the question of the day out to the audience um and also for the audience to answer. So are you ready with the question of the day posted by the previous guest before we sure. officially kickstart? Okay. okay. Go for it. So the question of the day posted by the previous guest is what is your current biggest challenge and what can help you to overcome this challenge? So I repeat again, the question of the day posted by the previous guest is what is your current biggest challenge and what can help you to overcome this challenge? Okay, spend some time to think about it while I go on to Facebook Live and, and see if we are live successfully and uh, who's tuning in and we can address to them. Okay, so I'll come back to you, all right? Okay. Okay, so let me just check if you are live successfully and yep. So in okay, so I can see that we are live. Okay, let's hear the sound. Okay, I can hear you myself. So let's see whether you can hear you. Okay. So and so and are you ready? Yes, of course. Mm. Okay, let's hear the. 
Okay, I say I, I, I see some people coming in. I see there's seven of you. So for those who are tuning in, um, do let us know. Do um, drop a comment and say hi. Uh, say hi to me. Say hi uh, to Anne. And for those who are coming in because of Anne, uh, you can just drop us a message and we would attend to you. So for those who, um, if you have, if you guys have any question, you can also post in the comments, and we will get back to you guys at towards the end of the show. Okay, so Anne, you um, are you ready with your answer? Yes. Okay. Um, okay. Um, I have actually two challenges. All right. One mm. uh, main one is um, because we are doing something which is quite untraditional in terms of education uh, to get word out there to educate parents uh, and the community as to what is necessary for the children for the future. That is not easy. Yep. It's a whole education itself. Um, and the second a challenge we have is because we are growing and opening more schools, mm. not just within the country, but in other countries as well. Mm. So I do have a lot of people warning me, and you know, you should concentrate <laughs> just in you know, Malaysia. So there are a lot of these voices coming at me. And so I have to make those decisions mm. based on what we feel is right. You know, So those are some of the things. And uh, like the one on uh, scalability, uh, what we did was we looked for the easier path, hmm. meaning that um, when when people in other countries found out what we're doing, they were the ones who invited us and said, and we want this there. Hmm. Now, that is uh, motivated partners who want to <laughs> get this going, you know, so that makes it easier. Yeah. Wow, wow. So, mm. so thanks for your answer to question of the day. And now we can officially kickstart with the show. So, and... Um, Thank you for making time to come uh, onto the show. I know that um, it's not, not easy at this point of time uh, because um, you're based in Malaysia and now over there, there's the MCO, which is the Movement Control Order. So um, maybe you can do a short introduction of yourself. Um, share with us what were you pre doing previously and um, where are you from and how many kids that you have? Yeah, maybe sure. you can do a short introduction. Yes, um, I, I started, uh, I didn't start work teaching, you know, um, that wasn't my field. Um, yes, I was an, uh, a graduate for, uh, with, in English as a language, mm. right? To, but not as a teacher. Uh, so I was working actually in the hotel industry. Mm, interesting. Yeah, because uh, ever since I was really young, I've, I, I grew up from, in Penang. Mm. So the, the hotels are all there and I've always, always wanted to work in a hotel. Mm. And I was in there for about close to three years. But uh, because I had my, my kids at that time, and I figured, you know what? I better do something about education because mm. uh, working in a hotel, the time is just, it's, it's not really suitable for you to really be, you know, having a, a family. Like if you, the way we want to, to do, in, in a sense, spend more time with the children, right? Yep. So that's when I pivoted into teaching. Hmm. Uh, yeah, but I never thought that I could be teaching in a college and that's where I started. <laughs> and I never looked back since because I really enjoyed it so much. Yeah. Now, I have uh, two daughters. Hmm. Yes, I started this for my eldest one because she uh, the second one hadn't come along yet. <laughs> now they are, my eldest is uh, 33 and hmm. my second is 31 years old. Yeah, wow. so they're all grown. Wow. They, they look really young when I when I saw you doing <laughs> YouTube uh, videos with them. They look really young. And you do look really, really young also. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So, so saying um, about, like, like you were saying that you were in a hotel for three years and you come into teaching. So, was it something that you, you've been asking yourself, hey, am I, like, 
suitable to be a teacher because that was not something that that was in you as uh, is there anybody that's questioning you hey uh, uh why are you teaching yeah stuff like that okay that's actually a very good question because um i get this from uh the sec uh the school Mm. parents who are sending their kids to the school college never an issue so when i went into teaching it was in the college right yeah. um and at that point it never occurred to me to even ask a question because you can go in as uh, and teach in mm. college without um teaching qualification and so on but when we started the school we get this question all the time mm. and uh, sometimes you know if you if you see the direction education is going and and if you I I think you've come across a lot of people saying how old uh the education system yeah. is and it's time to change. Mm. And one of the things that I've been questioning from the very beginning is that uh do we really need teacher trained teachers? Mm. You see? So and because of my own experience uh coming in as an untrained teacher mm. uh and still be able to do to do it and well from my students response they mm -hmm. felt i did very well and uh, i connected really well with mm. them and they learned a lot so the feedback um and i gained a confidence from that and i realized no you don't need trained teachers mm. you need something more critical i need people with knowledge not knowledge on how to teach a subject mm. but knowledge about how to apply uh the content you know mm. and I, i i realized that teachers generally are trained to uh focus on majoring in teaching one subject and they may have a minor mm. but that's not how the real world world works yeah. right you you need to cross subjects mm. and so i said you know what no 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 i'm not going to do it this way so when i started uh my own centers i said no i can take anybody in i can train people to teach mm. i need their knowledge wow yeah. And and may, can I can I know like like at what age did you start teaching like for you personally? Because I believe that you must have like a a, a bit of corporate that you were in hotel line before you move into teaching. I was twenty nine. Oh, twenty. It's twenty seven. So I was twenty okay. seven so at that been, time. So you've been in corporate like for seven eight years. Is that no, no. Uh, about three? Oh, close to three years. After you graduated from. Yes. Okay. Graduated okay. and then um. Then yes, I went into teaching. I was mm. about close to maybe twenty six, turning twenty seven. Yeah. Mm -mm -mm. So mm. so is that like um? So you need to uh, uh study to become a teacher. That means like in Singapore, we need to uh to study in NIE, the national yeah. Um, yeah. college you don't need that at all. Okay. You know yeah, any college universities and all that. You don't need to have uh, this teacher certification. Mm -hmm. Um, and and I found that that actually became it. It became an advantage, you know, because uh, we we were we didn't have this preconceived idea as mm -hmm. to what teaching should be, mm -hmm. you know. So uh, when I started, I was pushing all sorts of boundaries <laughs> in order to make lessons a lot more interesting, you know. So not bound by what the textbook is saying, yeah. and uh, you know all these. Um, How do you manage the classroom? And there are very, very set ways of doing it. If you go through teacher training, hmm. So I would say that uh, that gives you another perspective. That means a, a very different perspective or the different kind of teacher, and mm. um, that's why you you call yourself an educator than a teacher, uh, like the transformational um educator. And I that's one question that like what was your initial thought um when you developed your ACE adventure program, because um. 
like for for you you have you saw this problem like the old school teaching the old education system you know that it's lacking but how sure were you when you started this program you were saying that you start off um tutoring at home uh, with your own concept right it's like mm. your own concept of how you're going to educate the children to give them more like a holistic uh, rather than academic wise and stuff like that what was your initial thought when you developed this program um, you know, one of the things I, on hindsight, yeah, on hindsight now mm. when I look back, I realized that I, I didn't do what most people do, especially when you're, mm. edu- when you're an educator, right? Yep. A lot of people start from the beginning. I didn't do that. Mm. I saw the, I looked at the end game. Mm. And uh, what came out of 11 years of education scared the heck out of me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I, I, I said, look, if that is the outcome, I mean, how can we have students who are not confident like the majority are not confident. I mm. can't understand if, if it's like 20% who's not confident. 80%. Mm. 80% their English is not strong. Mm. Not at a uh, first language level. You, you should not learn a language for 11 years <laughs> and not speak like a native speaker, you know? So that was odd for me. Uh, writing was another one. How can we not know how to mm. write? Um, and then uh, not engage with, 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 with uh, talking to people. Mm-mm. Can't present was another one. Yep. So uh, that was when I started, it started clicking to, uh, that I have to get this out there, mm. that the students, this must be the end game because these are all the critical skills they need as an adult moving forward in life. Mm. Then I started working backwards uh, down to primary one, what <laughs> my program was going to look like. Mm. And, uh, but it encompassed all these skills right from the get-go. Wow, so in, in, that, w- mm. in that case, right, you're working backwards. That means Correct. from college, you see the problem and you're reversing back to the primary school because you don't want them to end up like the student that you're teaching in the college. Am I yes. right to say that? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then I realized something else because um, if you really look at the way schools are run, um, yep. you have teachers focused on teaching lower primary Mm-mm. and then it's not the same teachers who may be teaching the upper primary. Yes. Then you have very set teachers teaching lower sec. Mm. And, you know, so, so if you have never taught these kids all the way to the end or mm. seen, you know, be there yourself to see Which is the, the final product, right? Yeah. You won't know whether what you're starting with is, is correct or not. Mm. Um, so, because I had the opportunity, I'm, I'm one of the very few teachers uh, that I know of uh, who has actually taught students from the age of four to 19 and mm. even in their 20s and I've even taught adults. Wow. Well, how, how, yes. how, how does that happen? Like, why is it so rare, like the rare opportunity for you to, to be able to do that? Because from what I know, like my friends who are teachers, they don't have that opportunity like, like Correct. they're always stuck like primary school is primary school secondary school is secondary school yeah so how yeah, how, how I, is it happen for you I've actually asked uh, you know an audience of teachers this question you know and uh, I, by the time I go to how many taught the same students for three years it went down to very few <laughs> and four years no hands go up five years you know completely none um, it was because when I started my English classes I started it for four-year-olds all the way up to 17 Mm. and what i didn't expect was for these kids to stay that long so you know i had the track record of students starting from standard one they stayed for for 11 years with me started at four years old they stayed under 17 years old so i could see their development you know Mm. and not only do i know them in my english classes 
uh, it's how they're performing out there in the schools as well because mm. I get to know my students very well. So the, if they're struggling, I know they're struggling, uh, you know, in education in general, you know, or if they are doing really well, I can see that as well. So I could see whether what, I, what we were doing supported them throughout their whole uh, um, academic journey. Mm. Then, uh, of course, they kept in touch with me. They go to college. They tell me how they're doing there. And so because of my experience teaching there, I laid the foundation for them. And they told mm. me, look, teacher, and when I went to college, so many people didn't know how to do all these things. <laughs> and they kept asking, so how did you, where did you learn to do this, you know, mm. to present and know how to do academic writing, you know? So then I knew I was on the right track. But when I was in the college, I was teaching uh, students um, from the age of about 17 mm. and even up to the 20s. And because sometimes um, in one of the colleges I was teaching intensive English, I even had working adults joining. Mm. Uh, and I had people from uh, Argentina, Brazil, Brazil, Czechoslovakia, Indonesia, Thailand. Mm. Um, so I got to teach quite a, a wide spectrum of students. That, that is all, uh, under your own education center, right? No, was, this was in the colleges. Oh. And then, um, and that was, that was a college experience. Hmm. It was when I started doing my own thing. Oh no, wait a minute. I, I was in two, I was uh, in Kota Kinabalu in Sabah for two years. Hmm. So that was when my first experience teaching uh, primary and secondary ah, students. Okay. You know, and I also had the experience of teaching five-year-olds there as well. Hmm. So yeah. that was that, that mm. exposure in, the, we were saying Sabah, is it? Mm, Sabah. So that gave you an op opportunity from moving from college students to primary school and secondary school students. Correct. Wow. Correct. I, I guess mm. like, like you mentioned, like not many teachers have that opportunity and that yes. opportunity kickstart you, um, I would say validating uh, what was missing. In the in the primary school and secondary school, or in the education system, so um, the next question that I I'm very curious is like, what was that aha moment that tell you that hey this is something that is needed? What was there a, even an aha moment, or you just go go in blindly and trust that this will turn out good? Was there any? Uh, actually, the the choice of um, going ahead with it was not quite an aha moment. It was more a necessity mm. because I wanted to make sure my children did not get stuck with that kind of uh, problems that I saw my college students facing, right? Mm. So it was a need. So I just went on ahead and the aha moment came when I was talking to a friend about it. So I was, I was, I was telling friend, you know, I'm gonna, I want to do this. I said, I'm facing all these problems in the colleges and they expect us to fix it in six months. Excuse me? This problem got created, you know? Oh, over existed like, so long. Yeah, for so long. I'm supposed to fix it in six months. So then I was telling her, I want to do an English program like this where, hmm. you know, the students are learning all these critical skills. Then my friend said, eh, why don't you start the classes and I'm going to send my son as well. Wow. That was an aha moment for me. So because oh. there was a request, there was a demand for it, that's mm. why it, it, all these things started. Yeah, and that people uh, wanted to pay to come for the class, right? <laughs> <laughs> so that was uh, the aha moment at the very beginning. But along the way, we had quite a lot of aha moments <laughs> as we went forward. Yeah. So it's a, good, it's a good aha moment every time that, that you hop on into moving forward, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. So many. Mm. Wow. So so I, I can I can feel that aha moment every time um, that I speak to you because I also having an aha moment and realizing that <laughs> uh, your experience speaks for itself, 
And um, what um, this is something that I've been wondering, like, what took you so long to set up Dwee Amas, which is the full entrepreneurial uh, school? And I, I know that you have uh, Sri Amas, which is um, is uh, optional for the uh, student to choose the entrepreneurial program, right? It's going to be optional. Yeah, oh, it's going to op- be optional for three Amas, but for three yes. Amas, which is the full entrepreneurial school. So, what took you so long to to have a full? Because you've been uh, in education for thirty five years, right? And uh, in twenty five years, in pursuing this entrepreneurial uh, program, the school. So, what took you so long? Was there any uh, hurdles and and challenges along the way? Yeah, actually, the market was not ready for it. Mm. You know. Uh, we were we've been doing a lot of things ahead of our time. Like right now, we know a lot. A lot of people are talking about uh, all the twenty first century skills, right? Yep. Uh, we started talking about this like twelve years back, thirteen years ago. Mm. You know, and we've already pivoted and moved forward uh, with what's next. Mm. Uh, but what happened with uh, the entrepreneurship was, I realized this about twenty years ago. Mm. Yes. Um, and that was when I started reading Robert Kiyosaki's books and <laughs> so on, right? That, yes, I mean that was like such a, a brilliant book, yep. and uh, and I could identify with a lot of things he was talking about because I started my business five years prior to that, mm. and everything he talked about, I said, oh my god, yes, that was what I experienced, and uh, that was exactly what happened, you know. Mm. Um, but but mo- then I realized, look, I need to why why aren't we telling our students these things? I think it's critical. Mm. So about twenty years back, I started doing financial education for my uh, year uh, from five students before mm. they they graduated from school to head into college. I did a nine hour financial education program, wow. and that program still runs till today mm. in my English classes in ACE, um, and then also in my in uh, the private tutoring center plus uh, Sri Amas, wow. the outgoing students. Uh, but I've got other people helping me teach it. Uh, my my students and my teachers wouldn't let me stop. They said <laughs> this is critical because they they sit through the classes and they mm. said it changed the way they look at how they manage their money and uh, and that there are other ways of of you know making yourself you proof proof yourself like You you I, I wouldn't call it money proof, but it was <laughs> more like you um, economically. Mm. All right, you you are not in a position where you're helpless and you are uh, depending on people. For your income and so on, you know. Yep. So, my teachers refused to let me stop. <laughs> um, but it took a while. Um, even when we opened Sri Amas, we were so busy creating the curriculum to support the learning hmm. in the textbooks. You know, that's another story altogether. <laughs> uh, but we knew that the market wasn't ready. Hmm. Yeah. So even till today, um, there's a certain there's a whole large segment of people not ready. Yep. When you talk about entrepreneurship, they'll they'll say, okay. Aren't the kids going to get distracted? <laughs> you know, uh, and and I then will they become uh, like materialistic? Hmm. You know, but honestly, when you teach the kids right, they know how to give value to people. Correct. So I, for me, my question is: Is it by default that when you become an adult, you hmm. are not, you don't, you're not materialistic? <laughs> is there a default button that you, yeah. the minute you become an adult, uh, and then you know how to? To give value, and you know how to make sure you know how to handle money. Mm. No, from what I do, ninety percent of people are not ready. Yep. You know, so then, uh, and then we realize that it's a certain group of people who will want this. Um, 
they have to be the ones who are entrepreneurs, those mm. who have SMEs running businesses yep. or uh, the high level professionals who are very exposed to the, the you know, more than beyond our country. Mm. They are the ones who, who know it's critical for their children. Yep. Yeah. And, and you mentioned one point where uh, when I was there in the, your school, you mentioned that uh, most of the most of the parents, um, at least one of them is an entrepreneur. And you have uh, instances where both uh, parents are not entrepreneurial and they find it very hard to adapt. So yes. And, and, and I find it, um, it, it makes a lot of sense because um, it's the culture. And you also mentioned that uh, some of the couples, that means the, the father and mother, the husband and wife, they say, okay, you talk to my husband. I talk to my <laughs> wife because they don't they don't get it. So for you to really like, like let's say for me I'm a I'm an entrepreneur. My wife she's a um she's an employee. So I would need you to speak to her. Something like that. <laughs> yes, to really yes. let her understand like why am I why are uh, why is the school doing all this? Because when I I went to your school and I was I was fascinated because of the creativity of the space that you guys are given to your students, and uh, I would say. They have the life skills. They communicate with us. They say hi to every every time. I would say majority of the students or all of them were addressed, were greet us. They were hi. They will not be shy. And when we were in the classroom, they were very, um, how should very comfortable of sharing, of uh, voicing their opinion, uh, voicing their thoughts. Where I don't see that in Singapore in most of the the, the kids uh, around. Yeah. So, so that that is something that uh, why uh, today's topic we are going we are talking about like why entrepreneurship is critical to future proof your children, which you had just made a point, which is to equip them with the skills and um, something that they could bring it with them as they grow up, because you see that in your student. So, um, and and um, you and you have been um that means the school have been featured in Cambridge University Student Union in their annual publication in world class education best practices pioneers for 6 years right yes yeah. in a row so, so i i so is is that something that help you guys to um to validate what you are teach, what you are teaching what uh, you believe in and what the curriculum that uh, you guys are putting out maybe you can just share with us does that really helps you and get a affirmation that hey what you guys are doing is right absolutely you have no idea how tough it, it is because we're, we're just a bunch of teachers right mm. you know uh in in, in little kl and one little spot <laughs> you know so uh, how would, how did we even imagine that uh, we would get picked up in UK, right? Yep. So they, they actually found us, um, they, they scoured the world and they shortlisted uh, schools, right? Mm. So we're like, how did, you, how did they even know about us? So we, we were coming up all sorts of, of uh, possibilities. Yep. But at the end, uh, it was the student union that selected, they shortlisted and they passed it on to the professors in Cambridge mm -hmm. to do the selection. Wow. When I found out, this was during the third year, I found it out <laughs> in the third year, okay? Uh, third um, year of you setting up the school? or No, third year of being, being featured in oh, their oh, yearbook. So you were being featured three times and you only know it on the third time? Yeah, how they actually did the selection process. Okay. Uh, but they, they do a very good interview with us. You know, mm. they call in and we, we talked about what we do. But they search. They don't just take our word for it. They actually follow and see what's going on. Mm. I was blown away by that. Um, but it, of course, the validation was... We were blown away. I mean, <laughs> Cambridge came 
uh, inviting us, yeah. you know. Uh, but the best one was uh, the two. There were two, two um, uh, uh, what do you call yearbooks. Yep. And uh, that one was, was really close to my heart. Oh, actually, three of them. In mm. 2015, we were, we were selected to be in the chapter. Mm. UNESCO was celebrating the 70th anniversary. So we were one out of 20, 20-something schools around the world mm. featured. So for us, that was such an accomplishment. And then another one were, was we were featured in the following year in 2016 uh, under the chapter Digital Innovators together with the same chapter has got Apple and wow. Amazon. We're like, wow, mm. that was because we created, you know, this chemistry role-playing game, right? Mm. And then 2018, we were featured in Chapter 1, World Class, and we were one out of eight schools from around the world featured. Mm. Two from Asia. I was, I say, okay, <laughs> you know, because we, we never know what they're going to do with the information we give them. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, uh, last year, they, they interviewed me for this year, so we're going to be seventh this will be the seventh year. Wow. Uh, when they called me, they didn't expect us to give them anything new. You know? Mm. So when I when I started talking to them about uh, transference of behavior, they're like, okay, so and what 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 do you mean by that? You know? <laughs> so we're gonna be featured again wow. uh, for so this year. This is something new that you you you're sharing with them. Yeah, it's something that we've been doing and we realize that uh, what we have been teaching is not uh, transferring knowledge. Mm. Yeah, the reason why um, the students are so committed to the school, even when they graduate, they like the teachers, you know, they love the teachers. Mm. You ask them which is their favorite <laughs> teachers, they can't tell you because they've got so many, yeah. you know. Because we have this one um, challenge in the, in the, cl in the uh, for my teachers mm. is this. Uh, um, how many, like, okay, build rapport mm. with all the students, you know, in your class. Personal rapport. 100% of your students, you need to do a personal rapport with them. Mm. Because when I go out there, I talk to, to adults. I say, I ask them this question, you know, and this is something I can ask, ask all of you. Yep. How many teachers in your entire life <laughs> as a student made a personal connection to you? Wow. I, personal. For me, I have one. Like which is my English teacher, I still remember her name till now, and in, in fact, I I it, once you talk about it, I realized that she she has taught me nothing about English. She taught me about the connection, about people, about the respect. Yes. Uh, her name is uh, Miss Su Eng. I still remember her name. Uh, she is a teacher that's totally different from the rest of the teacher, which. Back then, I, I, I don't really like teachers <laughs> because there's, there's, like you mentioned, like the teachers don't have that human connection. They don't connect. They don't have the rapport. Uh, where back then, um, wow, 20 years ago, um, connecting with students doesn't seem to be the right thing for teachers. Yes. Yeah. But now yeah. you see that teachers are connecting with the, the, the students more. They're trying to, but I, I think it's, it's pretty hard. Yeah, for me, it's only one, like after my whole I would say education, I only remember one teacher. And yeah. And, and you know that that's great for you because you had one that impacted you, you know. Yeah. Uh, for many people, including myself, it's zero. Wow. You know, you can, there are teachers who are memorable, mm. but someone who really knows me and actually talks to me uh, like on a personal level and mm. I know they are connecting to me, yeah. um, I, I couldn't think of one. Yeah. Yep. You know, yeah, right. so that's very sad, and um, and I realized uh, throughout my uh, my.
my career as a teacher that mm. was what I was doing with my students you know so and and when we set up the school we wanted to make sure the same energy is you the know culture, permeates the entire yeah. the entire yeah. school yeah so that's the challenge I put forward to my teachers <laughs> yeah. so I, I like like you talk about the teachers uh, this is something I I I was really amazed uh, because when I when you told me that majority of your teachers are not teachers by training. Yeah. Yes. You told me like there's only three uh, teachers that is teaching uh, teachers by training, but the rest, which are you were mentioning, like 100, is it 100 plus? We have 150 it, teachers here. Yeah. yeah, 150 teachers and only three, right? Three that is teachers by training. So what are the, the rest of the teachers? Maybe you can share with the audience. Oh, everything we are taking, we are getting people from, um, because actually it started off because I already realized that uh, we don't have to be trained teachers to mm. become a teacher, yeah. that we can be a very good teacher. Uh, Melinda, my partner, mm. uh, she was a teacher in, in Singapore. Now, she graduated as an engineer from NUS mm. and she went into teaching, but she went through a diploma to teach. But prior to that, she was doing a lot of tuition for a lot of Singaporean students, you see. So she herself also went through the same journey that mm. I did, that she was teaching even though she didn't have a, a certification for mm. teaching. Then when she went into teaching in uh, the secondary school in Singapore, yep. uh, she actually did a, a you know, a diploma in mm. teaching from yep. uh, one of the Singapore colleges or university. Yep. Yep. So then, um, then we realized also that it, they make better teachers because um, you are you know what you're doing you know why you're teaching what you're teaching so we said you know hang it let's just we just you know don't want to fight with the other schools hmm. for for teacher trained teachers let's train our own teachers because and wow. and uh, before we started the school it was um, I had about 13 years where I was running my own English classes hmm. and I had to train my people to do what I what I, I needed done yep. because even an English trained teachers could not do my, my curriculum you know, yep. um, and so I spent those thirteen years building a training program, wow. and my teachers had such a following that students would stay with them for year, you know, for years all the way up to like seventeen years old. Wow. So we knew we had something very, very unusual. When we started the school, we wanted to do the same thing: teach our teachers to be the best teachers. So our target is this: we give them the training. Mm. So that within two years, they become a great teacher in the eyes of the students. Wow. All right. So, but we brought them in from every, everywhere. We've got a lot of engineers. Mm. They make very good math, at math, physics, chemistry teachers. <laughs> okay. Then we brought in the biomedical degree holders and wow. they were teaching bi bi biology, chemistry. And some of them, they want to teach history. We say, sure, you know. Mm. And uh, it was basing on their interests. And they make phenomenal teachers and they teach cross subjects as well. Mm. Um, then I have got accountants that joined in. I had wow. communications degree holder, business degree holders, lawyers. Uh, oh, pharmacist, architect came <laughs> in. Uh, wow. Medical doctor came in to teach. Oh, phenomenal. They, they're so good at what they do. Um, and I realized that I didn't, I, I didn't need their, their teaching ability I needed their knowledge yep. so which teacher is going to spend four years to become an engineer mm. and then get a diploma <laughs> at the end of it you know yep. so um, and because they're not going to be there so I wanted the the, the content that they have mm. and then we teach them how to teach mm. you know so that was one um, and, and we are fighting with the industry you know yes. 
yeah, industry needs a lot of science graduates. <laughs> and here we are. Getting we have, on. <laughs> we need them as well. Yeah. So, so that was how it went. And then we, we want them to... Uh, and the other one is sports and all that. In, I realized in a lot of schools, you mm. have the PE trained teachers to teach PE. Yeah. I didn't. We went to get the fitness trainers from fitness <laughs> the centers. Real, the real practitioner that is doing the, the thing. The real deal. Yeah. The ones where you can see the lumps of muscles. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you don't mess around with them about push-ups because they can out push up you. Yep, you know? yep. <laughs> yeah, things wow. like that. Mm. So that 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 is something that that amazes me, and and um, I know that because on on during the tour, we have met some of the teachers. They are your students, and they stick and with you, and that is amazing. Like they are so passionate, and and they are really having the heart to teach the student. And they are passionate in in whatever they are empowering the the students. So, what was their magic that that you, that they come to you or you go to them or you guys have been connecting? The rapport was there, and when you have uh, when you set up Duyamas, that that's where you get them on board. Actually, the rapport, the rapport was there, and and, and what we did um, when we taught them, it gave them so much that they want to mm. be part of it. Like some of my te- my teachers are the ones who are ex students, yeah. the kinesiologists. Um, <laughs> I've got that? one who's a dietitian, <laughs> wow. another one nutritionist. Yeah, you know I have got uh, all sorts. You know, coming back, uh, including engineers, ex yeah. ex students or engineers. And I remember so, there is a PhD mm, student there. Correct. With like three, is it two to three PhD? Yes, I've got a couple <laughs> of PhD teachers, uh, and they they teach even primary. So we did not hold back. As to oh, uh, your PhD, so you need to teach my pre-university. You can't, mm. you know. We didn't do that, and so uh, our, we pay our teachers very well because we are competing with the industry. Yes, and you want to keep them. They, these are people who are so capable. If they yes. had gone into their field, yep. they would have really gone so far and so high. Yeah, you I, know. I guess it's yeah. it's also you being the teacher. Like uh, I was telling someone, who was that? I was telling someone that I wish. Oh, in fact, um, in my Facebook, right, um, in my Facebook page, there was a ex student of yours. I think she's a mom now. So she commented and she said that uh, she she liked you so much and stuff like that. So I, oh, I even wow. asked her to tune in. Yeah, I I couldn't remember the name later. I will let you know. So so sure. she was so she was saying that I was like wow like like student. In, in KL, they remember you. Even they became a mom, they still remember you. So I, I, I can't imagine like how passionate if, if your program does not work, if your vision does not work, your, your philosophy around building rapport with the children does not work. You will not have all these amazing teachers that is coming to you. Like imagine like, like which, company, which company would love to have someone with two PhD, three PhD, but you got them. That that is something that that amazes me, and uh, I would say something that uh, I'm very proud of you to be able to capture all this talent and empowering all these students uh, in your school. So your 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 students are really really very blessed. And um, mentioning about like the the students like having all this vision, uh, this is something that I I have um, been wanting to ask you. Like in this. You've been in education for 35 years and 25 years in pursuing this vision. Was there any moment that you thought of giving up? Um, you know, I, I was asked this before, you know, um, in the sense that uh, uh, how did you get started and um, mm. what kept you going rather yeah. than whether there was a moment where I wanted to give up. 
and I said when we started this, we didn't even have a plan B. Mm. We didn't even have a plan in case it fails. We only have one plan, which <laughs> was to, you know, and and this is Singaporeans and Malaysians will get it. Die die must do. Yeah. You know, yeah. we just went ahead and whatever it takes. So because it, it, that that's why it is so critical if you're mm. if you're doing something that you want to take on and grow and make 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 it last for for a long time. Mm. You have to have a very very powerful vision and a very strong purpose so and like you were asking how come uh, so many young people mm -hmm. wanted to join what we're doing yeah. right um if people uh, out there if you are running your own business if you yeah. want to know what it takes to draw young people to your company and for them to stay um you're gonna have to make sure that there is a purpose beyond earning mm. money yep. there is a purpose why they are there there um, you know, serving the customers or mm -hmm. dealing with whatever their, their roles are. Yep. And one more, they have to know that they are relevant to the to the bosses and the organization. Mm. If they don't feel like you've... you've uh, it, it might sound like they're spoiled. No, no, it's nothing to do with that. Yep. It is just that uh, what they're doing matters. Okay? Uh, if they don't feel... And then that we are, we are uh, thinking of them. Because... For me, uh, I'm doing something that I'm not even sure if I go to another country <laughs> where the, 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 the policy is that you have trained teachers and all yeah. that uh, would work, but our teachers are encouraged to run their own businesses wow. as well or to partner up with us because we've got plenty of ideas <laughs> and plenty of things that we need to replicate and yeah. we want them to be our partners. So my teachers have become partners in my businesses, mm. in other businesses. We've co-invested together, um, things like this. So which is a and they know that we are watching out for them to make sure that financially mm. uh, in a couple of years or, you know, that they will also have the income to have a good life. Yep, yep. Because when you teach, you really forego a lot of things. Mm. And one of the questions I, I put forward is this. You see, if you don't do this for your for the teachers, yep. uh, parents, uh, the government, mm. the people in the industry, they want teachers to make sure the students that we teach become rich or become very successful. But you know what? Uh, nobody really cares whether teachers can make ends meet. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And we do care. We do yeah. care a lot. And so my people know it because they see that we, we see through and we mean what we say. Mm. Yeah. And, and because I realized that because your teachers are a different breed from most of the teachers all over the world, because they are of professionals, of experience, of PhD, they are um, like physicians or even scientists mm. and all this um, professional that is coming on board as teachers. They are not the mainstream teachers, but um, because you value them and they are able to accept. Imagine like I, I'm having two PhD and I come and join you. Definitely it's not for money. If I want money, I would have joined a company, big company that can pay me. But I would say that because they, they see that vision and, and I would say because they have studied so hard to get a PhD, they realize that it may not mean anything to them. But like you mentioned, the young people are looking for relevance. They want yes. to feel that there's a purpose. They want to give back. And for those who are your student, they see that, oh, how much you are putting in. And you imagine you have been pursuing this for the past 25 years and you're still going. And now they can see light and they believe in it. And you guys have a lot of credential that you, you build up over the years. And also attracted me to come all the way up to KL to really check it out what you are doing. And I'm, I'm so blessed to be able to see that. So um, 
another thing that I'm also curious, like, so I, so I, can I say that you have no thought of giving up at all because that is like die die must do. That's yes, die die must do. Yeah, nope, not, that didn't cross our mind at all. Yeah, which is very entrepreneurial <laughs> because if you have an employee mindset, I say on, oh, okay lah, don't do lah, just relax one corner. So so this is something that um I believe that the entrepreneurship entrepreneurial spirit comes from you. That's why you're empowering your vision. You are influencing people, even the teachers, even the professionals that's coming on board. So um and you and uh, you mentioned that you set up this business with your daughters. So if would you say that if not for your daughters, you will not be doing what you are doing? Yeah, actually, I would have gone into the hotel line <laughs> and stayed there. You know, um, uh, it was right from the very beginning when I started this. My youngest daughter was seven at that time, mm. and Erica, my sec- my eldest, was nine. That was the 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 time when I started my classes at home. You know, and it was for them. Um, so so what I like to tell people is what I'm giving the students. You mm. know is what I gave my own children. Yeah. Yeah, so we're teaching exactly the same thing, the same value and, uh, that, you know, yeah. So that was... And then without them also, I wouldn't have been able to start the business. So while mm-hmm. they were still studying, uh, there was no way. We're too busy, you know, taking them around. Um, they were too busy with schoolwork and they helped me from day one. Hmm. Uh, my my daughter my daughters were already part of the business even when they were in primary school. They were wow. helping me uh, answer phone <laughs> answering phone calls, helping me sort out my papers, wow. collecting fees, and talking to parents from the beginning, <laughs> and even helping uh, my students if they needed to do presentation storytelling for their hmm. school. I broke them into <laughs> that was when they were in secondary school. Uh, but um, and then when I re I. Uh, upgraded my curriculum for the drama component. I needed something stronger. It was my eldest daughter that stepped in to do it. But wow. she did a degree in performing arts, you know. Ooh. Now, anyway, but by then, the school had already been set up. Uh, my eldest was 19. My my youngest daughter was 17. And my niece was 15 years old. Mm. They were critical to setting it up um, because they were part of the process. They were helping me with developing curriculum, um, wow. And ideas and games and activities mm. wow, that, from the beginning. Yeah, wow. So, so this is what I like about mompreneurs and and when uh, why I love working with mompreneurs because I can see how they influence their children to have their entrepreneurship in them by participating in the mommy's business, like your business. They help out with whatever logistic, whatever curriculum and. I know um, your daughters, is it one of them or both of them are, are teachers also? Um, they, we all teach. Generally, <laughs> we, we teach. Yeah, but um, okay, maybe I'll, I'll give a little tip before I, I talk about what my daughters do for mm. parents, especially if you run your own business and you want your children to, in future, like someday, to maybe even take over, all right? Mm. Because you, you grew it, you know? Yep. Yeah, of course, you can sell it off to somebody else, yeah. but. Uh, because it's your baby, you might want to see it passed on to your children. Correct. Um, yes, please include your kids. Let them see what you do. Mm. Now, I have one very important piece of advice though. Make sure they don't feel lousy about it. Mm, yep. and- All right. The time they spend with you uh, in your business, mm. make sure it's something exciting, something that allows them to feel close to you. Yep to understand you and um, and they love being with you. That Every time you do something, they want to come along. Yeah, they they just right? want to be a part of it. They don't want to feel yes. left out. C- 
correct. If if because sometimes we we as parents, there's this natural tendency like we want to correct them, we want to mm, correct them, yeah. right? Uh, but the minute they feel lousy about uh, being with you on you know in your business, I can tell you the day they they can start do their own thing and go get their own job. Yeah. Um. There's no looking back. They probably will not want to come in. Correct. Correct. All right. So this is something for for parents, um, moms and dads to actually think about. Mm. Yeah. Uh, more like a rapport. If there are things that you want to correct, do it more like a discussion. Yeah. You know, and Open and talk about right? ah, like what what do you think possibly could happen if you did it this way? Mm. You know, rather hey, you can't talk to people like that. You know, you know how many times <laughs> I've told you no, don't <laughs> you're not shut them mode. down, right? Yeah. Yes, yes, don't shut them down. Mm. Um, and they're young. Bear in mind, they really are young, so they yeah. don't see the world that we do as an Correct. adult yet. Yeah. Um. So yes, coming back to my daughters, um, I. Uh, Grace, my second one, she actually has a degree in international marketing and mm. um, e- uh, economics or business. One, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. So she is uh, head of economics, mm. um, creating a curriculum. Like just imagine, yeah. That this is what my, my our our school curriculum can do, and the skills they become people who are very creative. Mm. So they created um, a lesson where they spend a couple of hours uh, playing a game, right? That has uh, majors and wizards, you know. Wow. Uh, after, this is for icons. Uh, <laughs> at the end of playing the game, they debrief hmm. six topics at one go. Wow. Because they are interconnected. Mm-mm-mm. So forget about the books. The books teach it one chapter at a time, mm. but we, we didn't do it. Compound because the real, correct. When you go to college, you need to connect the information. Yeah. You see, this is what I mean by looking at the end game and working backwards. Yep. Yeah. So if a teacher doesn't look at that, what it, what it was like when they were in the university, mm. uh, you know, learning about um, whatever marketing or whatever, but yep. you're basing it being trained to teach econs, then you're going to go chapter by chapter. Yeah. But we know that doing that way doesn't serve. The minute mm. you go to college, you die there because yep. you can't connect the information. <laughs> yeah. And and you are right to talk uh, to say about this end game stuff. That mm. now kids are, kids now nowadays they are very smart. They they always have this question like why am I learning this? Why am I learning that? Yes. Like, what does it lead me to? Like like they, they have always they have this question. Like my daughter's now she's eleven years old. She always ask love to ask questions like why am I doing this? Why am I doing that? And and I, I basically we as parents we just have to guide them and let them know uh, where are they going. So mm. so like you mentioned, like without your daughters, um you will not even start this business, you even start this vision. It's all because of them. And that that is why I like about mom trainers because they basically uh, build business uh, for their children or because of the problem that they are solving for their children or themselves as mothers. Um, they are impacting other mothers and helping other mothers to solve the same problem that they are facing. And like for you, you see the educational gap. That's why you came in, you have the solution. You even make the effort to create this program. And now uh, you are having two schools um, that's running the program and also a lot of other enrichment uh, program that you're also uh, releasing out. And um, so like now currently, um, in fact, I have a lot of questions and I want to uh, share more about your school. But I know that um, I've taken up a lot of, t- of your time. So maybe you can just share with us like um, like now with the COVID-19 and how is your school coping? Because I heard that you guys are doing something amazing to keep your children engaged. So maybe you can share a bit um, the, as, as to share with us like how are your school coping with it? 
Yeah, it was it was a tough one. That one, you know, because uh, but one of the things that was fortunate in inverted commas mm. was over the past few years, uh, because of the haze, oh. we were prepared. You know, to go online, uh, and we uh, for two years or three years now, uh, the minute the school shuts down because of haze, mm. our classes continue. Mm. You know, as uh, Singapore has been doing that for a long time, so y'all don't have the issue at all. Mm. But uh, in Malaysia, it, the the that's just the platform is just not there. Mm. So as a school, we already started setting this up uh, for the haze. But uh, it wasn't for any prolonged period of time, yeah. Mm. Um, so the minute, uh, the day the 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 school, all schools shut because yep. of uh, the COVID thing, the lockdown, right. yep. uh, our our classes began. Mm. You know, so even the primary kids are are with us. And the challenge for us was this because one of the reasons why we've not really taken our education online was we felt uh, what we do is actually on the ground. We're really yep. good at being on the ground, connecting with the yes. kids. And so our program works best face to face. So this one was like, yeah, okay. Because of the haze, we knew how to do it, but even more so, how to sustain the interest yes. and keep the kids engaged, <laughs> engaged for a prolonged period of time. Oh, thank God, my teachers tweak this, tweak that, and you just imagine we can run activities, we can run group work. Um, so there's one performance that's going on right now with our students where they they have to do a. A musical rhythmic performance, and all in different places, and the performance is going to go all at one go. Wow. We have to practice together, you know. So we we have been able to keep them engaged, and the kids are looking forward. Even the primary kids are ready to learn. <laughs> um, and then we're like, oh, you know what? Now we may need to look at start looking at can we offer it elsewhere because hmm. we know there are countries where literally that the okay we total shutdown. They don't have access to learning, right? Yep. And what happens is that uh, the learning is coming in the form of homework. Mm. There are schools just giving kids homework. Right. Alternatively, is they're doing what colleges are doing, which is like what they call MOOC. Yeah, the mm. um, I can't remember what MOOC stands for, okay. but um, having that multiple that online platform where oh, yeah. students go and learn, right? Correct. And uh, so it was more like a recording, or the teachers mm. are teaching, yep. teach, 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 and then you sit down and do your work. Yep. Now you cannot engage kids. Not, yeah. uh, I mean, if you wanted to sit still and do the work <laughs> the way they they do in regular schools, right. then fine. But when you want kids to love mm. doing what they're doing, then engage, it's not yeah. going to work. Yeah. So we 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 tweaked and we started and we got our kids and so literally our whole school is still running as an entire school. Uh, mm. Hours have not been cut in order to, um, like say, okay, we we are running only four hours of classes. No, it's mm. full on wow. classes. And uh, the the uh, activities and all that for last last week we we didn't put it in, but this week onwards all the activities are gonna go back in. Some activities were running, but mm. uh, from this week on, uh, most of the activities are going to go back in. You know, can you imagine? We still badminton will still go on, <laughs> uh, futsal will still go on, but um, we're gonna be uh, focusing on something slightly different mm. for them. You know. Wow. Mm. Well, thanks thanks for sharing like like how you guys are managing it, and and I'm just wondering like for. How are the the parents coping like with oh, the kids' we, learning? Okay, because you know uh, a lot of my parents are entrepreneurs, mm. so we are also very very concerned for them financially. Because some of them, literally the the countries that they are they are operating in, all three mm. countries are shutting. You know, yeah. are, are going to go on lockdown. Correct. Um, and so on. So, uh, we are getting prepared for that as well. And we don't know at any point in time when my my pa- the parents of our students where mm. their cash flow can get shut yeah. off. 
Yeah. You know, um, and so we have to be very flexible that mm. if they need to, you know, um, uh, do do whatever they need to do yep. in order for them to survive, mm. uh, they'll come back to us and speak to us. Mm. You know, but we are also planning and looking at how we can. Uh, reduce the fees mm. because uh, our rental is the biggest concern. Yep. And second, of course, our teachers are working full, mm. full on. Nobody is like not working, you know. Yep. Um, and therefore, they have to be taken care of. So primarily, it's my teachers and the rentals that we have to take care mm. of. Uh, but we we hope that uh, you know our landlords can help out there. <laughs> if they can help out, we'll pass that savings on to the parents. Yeah, yeah. But then um, the other thing is we are thinking of opening it up. Opening up and mm. inviting inviting people from other countries, where the the teaching that the kids are going to go through is sitting in front of a and watching a, a person teach, and then mm. they do written work. We're going to invite them to invite them into our school and be part of the school. Not in, not do classes to teach, you know. Okay. But literally, join our school. Oh. Online. Okay. Wow. Yes. Oh, do, so, it means join your school as teachers online. No, join our school to learn online. Oh. With our students, so you are opening it up yes. wow. to um, to countries like Indonesia for one, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, Singapore is the other. But wow. I know Singapore does have that. But perhaps they are homeschoolers, mm-hmm. um, or there are schools that may not uh, have are doing anything to teach online, or mm-hmm. the fact that parents don't want the kids to just sit and learn, yep. but they want them to do activities because our hip hop is going on <laughs> our. Uh, you know the art and design classes are going on. You know the wow. uh, fitness training and all that is going on. So parents might want more than and and if they also want their kids to to maybe have a bit of a revision because, um, let's say, if they want to the kids to to learn how to apply, mm. which most schools don't teach. You know, or yep. do coursework and application work uh, on the topics. Yeah, mm. uh, th- that's what we can invite them on the short term until the the lockdown uh, is. If they're going back to school then. Yeah, they they can go back there, but in the meantime, uh, we know there is a need for this. So we yep. we, we we came together as a school and we say, okay, let's open it up. Mm. So uh, soon by uh, by middle of this week, round there, uh, we're gonna put word out for mm. the invitation to go out, and um, our target is to start next week. Wow, wow, that that is so fast. Yeah. Yeah. You wow. Know, so do do keep me in a loop and let me know uh sure. what I can do and uh, when you open it up. Since now it's online and the, there's no borders and you can just extend yes. it. Just let me know the details and and, and see how we can um help to share that. So sure. um times have flies and I really have a lot of questions that I want to um ask you but I also do not want to take your time because um that that is a lot of value that we're getting from you and I really hope that I could invite you again uh onto mm. the show and for you to share more about this. So maybe you can share with us like how can um the the audience get connected with you? Um okay um they can actually uh, uh find me in LinkedIn. All mm. right you can just key in and Tom. Yep. Uh the other one is on Facebook teacher and Tom. You can mm. find me there, yeah. uh, but um, I, I realized I really did, haven't dealt with uh, entrepreneurship. Why it, it future proofs the children, mm. you know? So this is something I might need to end end with, right? Yeah. Uh, one of the things about you see entrepreneurship as a program. Just remember this: it should not be created by educationists mm. because they have never been an entrepreneur. Yeah. All right, the program must come from people who have done it. Mm. Okay, who are entrepreneurs? So, yep. uh, or 
if they're educationists, then they got to sit and talk to entrepreneurs as to what is critical. Yeah. Um, so when our students um, from the age of seven years, six, seven years old, they're already, it's compulsory for them to learn entrepreneurship mm. all the way up to um, 11. So there is really no program I could find out there where it's a weekly thing compulsory for all mm. kids for 11 years like that. Wow. And what I realized is um, it makes learning real for them. Okay, mm. right now the kids are very disconnected from learning because yeah. it's all theory. <laughs> it's not real. And that's why it's so hard to get them. Like you have to fight with them to get them to do their homework, <laughs> to even want to go to school or to go for the tuition and so on. Yep. The other one is... Um, Entrepreneurship allows them to cross skills. There's no such mm. thing as going silo, which is what uh, the education system has become. Yeah. All subjects have become siloed. But when you have to uh, work on a, a problem, like my student, the one mm. with the hydroponic business, he, yep. he's doing urban farming and selling vegetables. <laughs> wow. He needs to know physics, chemistry, biology, and he's only 10 right. when he started. Mm. Yeah, he needs to know math. He needs to... Uh, it, he, he was talking as though he knew econ economics mm. yeah uh, and uh, business studies and entrepreneurship all rolled into one yeah. right so crossing skills crossing subjects it allows for that and one other critical thing that I find got completely systemized out of the education system mm. would be the human skills yep. you know that is where they realize that you know not necessarily you you want people to do things for you that they want to do for you mm. you know yeah? yeah, this one they can say no. It's not like school. School say teachers say you know <laughs> you gotta get into groups. Yeah. Uh, you gotta get into groups to work. You get into groups to work. But when you're doing um, the entrepreneur course, like what they're doing with us, mm. when you want someone else to be team up to team up with you, yep. well, they have the right to say no. Yep. Then you know whether your human skill is there that you've built a rapport with the person that they, the person wants to be part of what you're doing because yep. people do have the right to say no um, or even whether they have the intuition the ability to read people and say okay okay um, I'm going in the wrong direction if I start going like this uh, people don't want to, to, to listen to what I have to say yeah uh, they have the awareness so, that whether uh, people are listening to them whether their ideas are being accepted and all that stuff correct so this is the reason why uh, entrepreneur it doesn't mean that uh, they learn entrepreneurship they must become one but mm. when they think like one the mm. value they bring to any organization that they join is invaluable trust me um, and I, I went to a couple of education conferences and there were people like from Credit Suisse and you know the big big companies out there they are looking for graduates yep. with entrepreneurship experience correct and then you mentioned yeah. that um, having the entrepreneurship spirit does not mean that they have to start a business. They have equipped with the skills to think in that perspective to help the business or to put the, in, uh, the business or the company interest at first so yes. that they are able to help the company to move to the next level. And, yeah, or and if, yeah, or if trends change as well, yeah. they will know how to pivot. And the more critical one, because you're talking about future proving, if the industries disappear from yeah. under them, or the jobs that they have been, uh, uh, you know, trained for mm. disappears, they'll know how to pivot. Yeah, and yeah. and that that is something that uh, I, I I think we we spoke about it, and that's why I'm so passionate in empowering mothers to be entrepreneurs because, um, other than the children, because you are doing the the the. That means from, from the children onwards. Like for me, it's basically the parents because you need the parents to understand because most parents are employees. 
they are not trained in the entrepreneurship but as you as you mentioned like a lot of jobs are now disappearing and because of ai robots uh, machineries that is all coming in that was replaced eventually it either replaced or reduced the amount of work that this industry needs and will yes. be replaced yeah so that's why and, uh yeah sorry yes sorry um and I, because while I, sometimes while i still remember mm. right, so that to add on to what you're saying covid is such an uh is such a wake up call yes you know because people are suddenly realizing okay so what if this extends what mm. if it happens again what's going to happen we cannot you know have no income how are we going to support our 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 people you know yeah. and uh and from here on moving forward there are going to be industries that's going to close its doors yeah all right um not i'm ta- not talking about companies closing no industries Correct. are going to close Industry, its doors yeah. we are really, yeah. really seeing that industries are yes. closing yeah. yeah so yes so that's why i thought we want to put that out there for parents mm. to understand yeah, and you are you are right on on uh, COVID is really a wake up call. Like um, recently, I talked to one parents. Uh, initially, when she, he started working from home, he was not used to it. But now he don't want to go back to office because he has found that balance. And today, I just spoke with one. Uh, he's he's a Grab driver, and he's a he had kind of like retired, but he have find no purpose. And and when I spoke to him about industrial revolution moving to information revolution uh, information uh, in sorry, information era, uh, he realized the importance of why um, this COVID, COVID virus had, had created another opportunity because we are moving mm. towards the information and why, and people realize that, hey, in fact, I can work from home. Why am I going to office the nine to five, nine to six, and this thing should not exist now. So eventually yeah. when all this die off, I feel, personal feel is um, companies will just let the, the employees work from home. Because it yeah, makes it's a lot gonna, of sense. Yeah, it's going to save us a lot of money as well on real estate, on rentals and, uh, you know, uh, yeah, having an office, an actual office. But, you know, something to think about. Yeah. <laughs> and also, to hu- I would say it's to save humanity because when you are mm. bonding with your kids and a lot, a lot of things, I, 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 for me, I see it on a good side. And that, that is something like a, a topic that um, we could do it separately and really talk about it um, to inspire more people to look on the, the other side of the the picture so um so last but not least maybe um before we wrap up right uh could you share with us like what is the three advice that you could give for mompreneurs or aspiring mompreneurs what is your top three advice for them okay um one is um you know like a lot of people actually want to wait until they have a perfect product before they go out yeah um actually you don't you don't need to because mm. there is this thing called work in progress. Yeah. <laughs> Everything, every product you have out there, every hotel there is, including the five-star, six-star hotel, um, they're always looking at making the you know the experience better mm. everything your phone is still not at its end game yet yeah so everything is a work in progress mm. and people don't wait for the product to be perfect yep. before they can start selling Mm-mm. so what you want to do is to go out there and put it out there and if people don't buy then you know okay i better do something to tweak <laughs> what i've got yep. or maybe this is something that people out. don't really want or yep. maybe i'm not sending out the right message mm. or it's not the right platform yep. so you, you start to figure out uh, what is not quite there mm. um, and so just is, is to go out there um, the other one is um, this was a piece of advice that uh, was given to me by mm. um, the lady who ran the hairdressing shop 
near my house, you know. Uh, okay. Um, before I started my classes, I just went there to, I think, cut my hair. Mm. And she told me, she said, you know, when you start a business, you don't really have to have the whole pie. All you need mm. is one slice of the pie. Yep. Yep. I said, hmm, that really makes a lot of sense because I was like, who would want to learn English from me when there's so many other experienced, uh, you know, people out there hmm. and uh, people have been running for many years yep. with, with the track record. And I said, but you know, there are 20,000 students in Subang. <laughs> if I can get 50, I think I, that should be good enough <laughs> to You're start, right. you know? Yep. Yeah. And that, that was, uh, that, that's something that I thought would be um, it's a good tip, important. Yeah. It's good mm. advice, yeah. Yes. Okay. Wait, so I think more? that uh, the one third one, uh, get a mentor. Don't <laughs> be afraid to learn. Yeah. And they say that if it, that, but you must be willing to learn. And uh, there is a saying that if you if you are ready to learn, the the right teacher will come along. Yep. And yep. I can't <laughs> tell you how true that has been. I have got so many mentors, and I thank every single one mm. of them for being part of my journey. Uh, and some of them are still part of my life. Yeah. And they are like going to be perpetually my mentor. Wow! You know, wow. I look up to them. I, yeah, it's it's just amazing. So wow. don't be afraid of of, yeah. Wow. You have asking just for shared, help. You have just shared with us very three, very important, uh, very good advice. Which is number one, which is everything is work in progress. So um, there's nothing. There's no end game yet. Um, you just have to work. Uh, towards that uh, to, to perfect it to make it uh, the best product ever or the best services ever second will be um, there's always a, a slice for you don't have yes. to worry that hey everybody is doing beauty everybody is doing health everybody 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 is selling milk powders there's always a market that is just that you have to start somewhere yeah yes and also last but not least very important um, when the student is ready the mentor the master will appear so yes. the mentor will appear when you are ready, just to make sure that you keep on work in progress and also keep service, um, servicing and uh, serving the pie, the one slice of pie that you're serving and eventually your mentor will appear. And um, uh, once again, I would like to thank uh, Anne for making the time. And last, uh, before we wrap up, like I mentioned, there's a tradition where every guest gets to post the question of the day out to the next guest and to the audience. So Anne, uh, do you have your question of the day? Ready? Yes. Um, okay, this is for uh, adults out there, the parents <laughs> out there. Uh, what are you doing to future-proof yourself? Okay, so what are you doing? Doing to future-proof yourself. Wow, to yeah. future-proof yourself. Yes. That's a very good... That's like yeah, a wake-up call, future-proof yourself. Wow. Have a thought. Just yeah. have a thought. I, I need to think about it also. <laughs> So once again, thanks a lot, uh, Anne, for making time. I know we have overrun, uh, but it's a a lot, a lot of golden nuggets. Um, I guess I um, I would really love to bring you onto the show again, and uh, be be it this is the new season with the new branding, uh, Mompreneur Space Live Show. Um, I'm glad to be able to bring you on to the show and be my first guest to kickstart this because without you, I I guess I was still, um. Hold on a while, but you really inspire me a lot, and I'm so blessed that uh, our vision aligned, and uh, we are able to come together to empower more parents, more children, and last but not least, and also to future-proof the childrens uh, with entrepreneurship. So once again, thanks, um, thanks, and and thanks for those who are still tuning in on live. Um, thank you very much, and for those who are still tuning in, you can drop your question in the comment section. And after this live, I will um, 
share with you guys how you can connect with Anne um, on her LinkedIn, on her Facebook. So uh, once again, thanks uh, Anne for making time and thanks for those who are tuning in. Kenneth here signing off with Anne Tam. Thank you very much and i see you guys in the next episode. See you guys. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.